Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Yeah, do not be alarmed or afraid of the days ahead or the news that will come. For you shall see a continual drawing of the curtain on the end of time and the end of this age. Do not let it alarm you. I knew my children and my people would be upon the earth at this time. Therefore, I'm releasing greater grace, greater anointings, and even the gifts of the Holy Ghost talked about this morning would begin to rise up in greater measure in many of you. If you will yield your spirit and your soul, and that which you know in your own life holds you back, get rid of it. Get it out of your life and step into the deeper things of God. For in this sanctuary and in this house, Deep shall begin to call unto deep from the depths of your soul. And I'll begin to revive and make alive anointings, giftings, blessings, and things of the Spirit that you've only dreamed would happen. If you'll just yield, stay right before me. Walk in these things. You will be a place of demonstration and people will come from all over the world just to see the Spirit move among you. Be faithful and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. Hallelujah. Wow, what a word. Now lift your hands and receive that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, praise team. That was awesome. Give them a big hand clap. That was so good. Praise God, such anointed, such anointed voices. Praise God. How many love the Bible, the Word of God? Hallelujah. Now, we are studying what we call the power doctrines of the Bible, the power of the Word of God, power of the name of Jesus, and now we're over here on the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, we looked for a couple of weeks at the power that comes through salvation, and I'm telling you, that's some power, because when you get born again, you're made brand new, and from the standpoint of being made brand new, you listen, your life changes radically, radically changes, and uh, you know, God is, God is so good to give us what we need to grow spiritually so that our faith not only as individuals, but our faith collectively works on a greater level. Amen? Now let me just give you a little illustration of that. Most of you in here are not in fear. Raise your hand if you're not in fear. Did you know that's extremely unusual in this day? In this society? I'm telling church, people are scared to death. They're fearful. And the reason you don't know that is because you've never experienced it. Because through this whole thing for the last three years and something since the COVID thing started and all this deterioration began to take place, you've been serving God and walking in faith. And the, and the exponential fear of that which has been building in people's lives day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, from everything from COVID to war to nuclear annihilation to diseases to government to politics. I mean, it's all just being just blown at you out of a fire hose. And that's what it produces, fear, intimidation, manipulation, control of society. And God doesn't want his people under that stuff. And he wants you walking in power. He wants there to be an extremity of power in you so that when, time, when the time comes, you're able to perform. And it's not you performing, it's God in you and through you. But God doesn't want you intimidated in any way by anything that's going on on this earth. Amen. You know, we go, uh, 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 many times we travel in the nations of the world, and I'm telling you, we have not shared the stories. We have not got up and told the testimonies of how God has protected us. The reason is because the enemy tends to get into that stuff and sensationalize it. But honey, I'm telling you, we've been in some of the hottest places in the world preaching the gospel. And I'm telling you, God has a way of protecting you and keeping you and bringing you home safely. And not only that, giving you fruitful ministry while you're there. Well, listen, 
that may be the nations of the world, but this nation's getting pretty crazy. So we're going to have to believe God for that, that all this power we talk about is not something left on the pages of the Bible, but something that's real in reality in your own heart and your own life. Amen? God wants you to live out your days on the earth, to finish your course in strength and glory. Amen? And then to go on to heaven or to go up in the rapture when the time comes. Glory to God. Now, let's get over today on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now, we talked about being baptized into the body of Christ. Now, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 6. Everybody say 6. Go over there and study that chapter. You'll see that there are six basic doctrines of Christ in that, you know, particular uh, 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 portion of Scripture there in the first part of uh, of Hebrews chapter 6. One of them is the doctrine of baptism. Say baptisms. Now you that know your English well know that's what? That's not singular, but plural. Much of the Christian world only believes in one baptism. You say, what baptism is that? Water baptism. You say, I don't believe in the baptism into the body of Christ? No. They believe all you need to do is get water baptized. But the reality is Jesus said, unless you're born again, You cannot know, you cannot understand the kingdom of God. And there's no water in that scripture. So actually, if you're a student of the Bible, you will see very plainly through the scripture that there are three unique and distinctive baptisms. Number one and the most important, baptism into the body of Christ. That is not water baptism. Water baptism is an ordinance of the church just like communion. Amen? But baptism into the body of Christ is the new birth. It is salvation. It is being born again. Listen, without it, without it, you won't go to heaven. Without it, you won't be close to God. You will not be a child of God. Well, God loves me. Yes, He does. But you have to be acceptant of what He has provided for you to draw, so He can draw you to Himself. And He has provided the new birth to do that. Secondly, there's what the Bible calls the endowment of power, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. No water in that. Amen. You say, now what is that? Well, the baptism in the Holy Ghost is the outward baptism of the Spirit of God coming upon you. Now, the best illustration is in Matthew chapter 3. Jesus, that's what happened to Jesus. Amen. You say, what do you mean? He went down to John's baptism. Everybody else at John's baptism was going down into the water water baptism, coming up out of the water and confessing their sins. Now, let me just say this. We do water baptize today. I think one time we water baptized. Alan, you remember like 60 people, I think, at the, up at the beach. We got people saved, and people from the church. We had all kinds of people. We baptized like 60 people at the beach one day. So we believe in water baptism. We build our new church. We'll have a water baptismal in there. We can do it all the time. Amen. Now we have to wait on the summer or, or we have to go to my pool and Miss Nellie came to our pool. We had to raise her from the dead, you know. I mean, <laughs> she came in the wintertime. She got touched by the Lord and she told me, I've got to get water baptized. I said, well, i got a pool. I said, it's cold. I was in a wetsuit. And uh, so I put her down and got her up. She was, <gasps> but we got her back to life. Amen. But this is the baptism in the Holy Ghost or what the Bible calls the endowment of power. Now, this is a physical miracle and a physical phenomenon, but it is the Spirit of God in that second measure coming into your life and disconnecting your speech process from your mind and hooking it to your spirit. What's in your spirit? The Holy Ghost. The evidence of being endued with power is speaking in a language you do not intellectually learn. You say, that's impossible. Yes, it's a miracle. Amen? Your intellect does not know it. You've not been taught that language, but it still comes out of you. How can that be? It's because your human spirit is now connected to your vocal cords, your breath, and your mouth. And with your tongue, you, you give expression to an unction that the Spirit of God drops into your spirit when you're prayed for to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. How many have ever received it just like that? That's how it happens. Amen? And that is the evidence 
that the power that God has talked about is now in your life. Now, let's, let's Acts chapter 1. Let's stay scriptural here. Acts chapter 1. Let's look there at verse... Uh, oh, my goodness. I, Acts is a mess in my Bible. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and... Everybody say, and... And being assembled, now notice that word assembled, not gathered together with them, but assembled together with them, commanded them. Everybody say commanded them. Now you've got a risen Lord and Savior. You've got God Almighty in the person of the Word of God standing in front of men and maybe some women too that are born again. Now, that's where the fight starts right there. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. When did they get born again? They got born again over in John chapter 20. When Jesus walked through the wall, said, handle me, then the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Now, most of all of denominational Christianity teaches that when Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, he was talking about Acts chapter 2. That is not true. When Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, he was not making a promise to them. He was giving them a gift. What do you think they did? They received the Holy Ghost. He what? He breathed. That's the Ruah of God. That is the breath of God. We only saw that one other time when God did what? When he created man by breathing into the created human spirit, he breathed into a lump of dirt and made it a living soul. That was man. Now man has been what? Recreated. Regenerated. Rescued from hell and the grave and death and all that stuff. Amen? And Jesus did that After raising from the dead, he breathed on them, and they were born again. I'm telling you, that's the easiest altar call anybody ever get. I'm telling you, I've had altar calls all over the world. Some of them, man, I mean, I just say amen, give an altar call in a place feels. Others, you got to beg, you got to do all this kind of stuff. We were with, uh, we were with uh, Metal Ark Lemon. How many remember remember Metal Ark? He was a Harlem Globetrotter, and he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. He was the coolest guy. And he did the most unique altar calls. He'd get an altar call, and, you know, people would, would, would come up. There'd be 20 or 30 people up. But then he'd take off out in the audience. And he had hands. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he could palm a basketball. You know, y'all, y'all that saw him play, he was an amazing man. And he would walk up and down the aisles. He'd look up and down the aisles. I'd, I can see him to this day. Remember, Alan? He'd walk up and he'd look, and he'd see somebody say, you need a hand. I've got a big one. And they'd put that hand in his hand and he'd walk him up to the altar. And he'd walk down another aisle and he says, I can see you need a hand too, sweetie. I've got a big one. And they'd put their hand, he'd just walk him up to the altar. Isn't that awesome how God does those things? Wow, that's the Holy Ghost. He's doing that by the unction of the Spirit. That's a gift of the Spirit in operation. Isn't that cool? So Jesus is wanting his church to be endowed with the same power he had when he walked on the earth. That's, what he, that's his desire. He don't want us powerless. He doesn't want us in a situation where somebody needs healing, they can't get healed. Somebody needs a miracle, they can't get them. God is a God of the supernatural. God is a God of the miraculous. God's not a dormant God. God's not an inactive God. God is an active God. He is a creator. He's full of life. He's full of power. And he wants to distribute it out to us so that we can bless the people of the world with it. Amen? So now he's commanding. And I'm seeing people all over. They get into God just about as far as they want to. And then they bump up against two things. You know, everybody know what it is? Tithing and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Boom, boom. Amen? I mean, it just freaks them out. But you got to understand, those two things right there may save your life. May save, probably will save your life. Has saved mine many times. But then the other side of the coin is you're going to have to reconcile in your mind what you're going to do about a command from someone that gave his life to save you. Shows us two things. Number one, Jesus retains the right 
to command those he redeems. Amen. Well, what did he command them to do? Oh, it must be terrible. No. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. See the difference between water and the Holy Ghost? Jesus is the one giving us the information. You shall receive the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Amen? Now, you know, he began to, and when they were therefore come together, uh, they asked of him the Lord, uh, 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 wilt thou at this time again, uh, restore again the kingdom? They still got a political mindset. They're still wanting to put their, their, their government officials back into Jerusalem. He's not even on the same level with them. So I can see him with fire in his eyes. He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall, now notice this, be. That's why so many people have a hard time serving God. They're trying to be. I mean, excuse me, they're trying to do instead of trying to be. It ain't hard to be what you be. If that's what you be, it ain't hard to be. But you're going to have to figure out what you be in order to be it. Amen? So you've got this empowerment that comes upon you so that you can do what? So that you can operate in the same anointing, the same power, and the same ability as Jesus did when he walked on the earth. Now people say, well, you can't just go around and do miracles like him. No, you can't. Because Jesus, he had in his physical body, the full power of the Holy Ghost without measure. John chapter 3. To him was given the Spirit without measure. So what do you think the full measure of the Holy Ghost could do? Well, it could create the world, create the universe, all the stars, the sun, the moon, create man. That's what it did. Amen? So he's walking around the full measure of the Spirit. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get a measure. And Doc gets a measure. And Alan and Pat get a measure. Amen? And Doris gets a measure. Fernando gets a measure. Amen. Dwayne gets a measure. Kenny gets a measure. We all get our what? Our measure. That's why we need the church. You say why? We bring our measures together and we become assembled into a power force. Power of the word. Power of the name of Jesus. Power of the Holy. How are you going to get defeated? You're not. Amen. Now, I'm going to come back. We're going to look at these scriptures a little bit more in depth next week, but I want us to go Acts chapter 2. We'll come back to that here in a little bit or, or next week, but I want to go to Acts chapter 2 because we need to clear up some things. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and there, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, notice this, they were all, they were all, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, all filled with the, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, Acts documents Three outright, no question, that's what happened. Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem. Can I get an amen? Now we'll know by further study here in the next few weeks. Acts chapter 10 in Cornelius' house. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, prophesied, and even were baptized in water. Oh, let me do that. Thank you, Lord. So I just heard that question. So uh, I'll answer it. Say, Pastor, when you see the word baptized... In the Bible, how do you know if it's water? Water's mentioned. Really pretty simple. I was studying that one day because I'd been in kind of an argument with a pastor that says, well, you don't know. You can't tell. So I went to the author and the finisher. And I said, now, Lord, how do I know if the word baptism means water, being saved, or speaking in tongues? He says, that's easy. I put water in every time I'm in it, water. <laughs> Just like you would have done it, Amen. So they were water baptized there in Acts chapter. And in, now, now, in Acts chapter 19, we had that same, that same phenomenon of people being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, prophesying, amen. But also, there's two portions of Scripture in the book of Acts in which it's inferred. Acts chapter 8, 
they were, they were having a blowout revival. I mean, it was going. Signs, wonders, healings, people were getting saved, but nobody got filled with the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says they sent for Peter and John, who when they came down from Jerusalem, prayed that they might receive the Holy Ghost. You ever read that in your Bible? Yeah. Well, those people were already saved. They had experienced salvation. They had also experienced healing, and they had experienced water baptism, but none of them had been filled with the Holy Ghost. But they sent Peter and John to, and the Bible says, who when they laid their hands upon them, so we don't lay hands for salvation, but we do for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When they laid hands upon them, they received, it doesn't say they spoke in tongues, but the Bible does say when Simon saw that by the laying on the hands of the apostles, they had received the Holy Ghost. What did he see? Well, of course he saw them speaking in other tongues. Amen? So we see that also in the life of the apostle Paul. When he was baptized in the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 9, one man came and laid hands on him, and we know he received because later he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. So in reality, we have five witnesses in the book of Acts that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is relevant. Now, I did a little digging, and, and when I did, I got a magazine in the mail, and it had it all laid out in the mail. I should have waited. But anyway, I did some digging anyway. Now, I wanted to know, okay, the denominations that have churches in my area, what do they believe? What, what would pastor of the First Baptist Church, pastor of the Presbyterian Church, pastor, if, if you walked up and said, I'm a believer, I'm born again, I've been water baptized, and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and I speak with other tongues. Now, I, I did have one, this several years ago, an individual came here, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, went back to their church, and I'm telling you, they never came back here again because their pastor told them that they had gotten something from the devil. Amen? And then there's other, I wanted to go and find out what do the denominations say? Well, that's the one. Tongues are of the devil. Tongues have ceased. Jesus did not speak in other tongues. Amen? Or only a true apostle of the Lamb could pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, those are the doctrines of the Baptist, the Methodist, the Episcopals, all of the different denominations, this is what they believe. Jesus didn't speak in tongues, so we're not. Well, let's see what Jesus said about that in Matthew chapter, um, excuse me, in Mark chapter 16. What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 16? He said, they shall what? Speak with new tongues. So Jesus was all for it. You say, why didn't Jesus speak in other tongues? It wasn't his dispensation. Tongues is unique to our time. They, did, they had seven of the gifts of the Spirit active in the Old Covenant. But two more were added in our covenant. What was that? Tongues and interpretation of tongues. So, so the fact that Jesus did not speak in tongues is not even relevant because in Matthew 16, he said, we will speak in tongues. And in Acts chapter 1, he commands us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Erase that one. Amen. What about tongues are of the devil? Well, you go over to Luke, go to Luke chapter 11. I mean, write it down if you need to, you know, you need to witness to people and tell them to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 11 says, you know, if you ask of the Holy Spirit, of the Father, will he give you a fish or will he give you a serpent? Will he give you a scorpion? No. What's he going to give you? He's going to give you exactly what you ask for. If you ask for the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get a devil. You're not going to get a demon. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. Glory. So we got rid of that one. And then the last one, well, only a true apostle of the Lamb can lay hands on you to receive the Holy Ghost. Tell that to Ananias who laid hands on, on, on Paul, Saul of Tarsus, and he received the Holy Ghost, and he wasn't even a preacher. He was just a layman. So that destroys all of that. There's no scriptural evidence at all that tongues have ever ceased. Now, they use that one too. That's the last. Did I write that one down? Tongues of sea, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Let's, let's look at that one. That one's worth looking at because that's in the... Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 8. That's the great love chapter. Amen? Oh, my time is good. I promise I'll get you back for your hour you missed. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13. Now look at this. Look at what the scripture says. Now just look at it for, at, at, at Face value. I guess if I get out of 2 Corinthians, I'll find it. 
1 Corinthians 13. Now listen to it. Let's do it here. That's how the scripture reads. Let me get it here. Oh, I thought I had it. I thought I marked it. Maybe it's another Bible. Be patient. I'm trying your patience right now. No, this is important. The Spirit of God told me to do this, and I, I can't believe I marked the Scripture. Is there a page missing out of my Bible? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, but you know the scripture where it talks about knowledge passes away, tongues will cease. Amen. But it says when that which is perfect is come, these things which are done in, in part or partial will pass away. That which is perfect has not come yet, church. Knowledge has not passed away. Wisdom has not passed away. Tongues has not ceased. How can that be an argument against the baptism of the Holy Ghost when knowledge has not passed away? Uh, all of those things, but it has not. We are still living. Now listen, church. We are still living what Jesus coined as, out of Isaiah, the acceptable, everybody say acceptable, year of the Lord. Now if you study that, you'll see that's the time of God's great grace and favor upon the human family. God has favored us by putting His Spirit in us and putting it on us. Amen? Maybe that's in 12. Is that in chapter 12? Is it in 13? What verse is it? Why don't I have that in here? 5, 6, 7. Yeah. That's because I'd unmarked it out. Charity, that's the word love. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now, now let, let me ask you, let's just use the word knowledge. Knowledge has exploded in the last 150 years. You go back to Galveston 150 years ago, you go ride a horse down the road. You're not going to have any air conditioning. If you survive the mosquitoes and rattlesnakes, come on, church. Look at what modern society affords the world. <laughs> when I was in Africa, we, were, we went way out in the bush, and I thought, oh, man, this is so cool. Africa, the, 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 the Maasai were there. I was like, oh, these guys were like, I mean, they were like awesome, you know. And so we go into this park, we start, and I see these Maasai tribesmen, and they're walking down, they got their spears, they're all dressed in their garb. You know, that's how they dress every day. And one flips out a cell phone. I thought, what's up with that? You know, I mean, I'm way out in the bush in, the, in, 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 uh, in Africa, and the guy flips out a cell phone. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Knowledge has not ceased. The Maasai warriors who do not believe in currency, and I'm telling you, you talk about some men. I don't know how they treat their women, but, buddy, these are some, I wouldn't mess with them. They used to, they used to have to, as, as, as your uh, act of manhood, you had to go kill a lion. But they don't do that anymore, but they were, they, were, they were pretty tough. But anyway, he flips out a cell phone. So that shows us knowledge has not ceased. Everywhere you go, you see cell phones, you see computers, you see, you know, you go somewhere and you see a, a, street, a street person, and they'll flip out a laptop. Well, listen, if knowledge has increased that much, amen? And all of these other things, prophecies that have gone on for years. Oh, my goodness. We could get into the prophecies that have happened through the gifts of the Spirit and the lives of men and women in the past two or three hundred years. They have saved whole societies. The great Armenian 
massacre that take place, took place back around the turn of the century. The, the, the family that came out of the Shakarian family that became dairy farmers in California started full gospel businessmen. His grandfather, I think his grandfather, his great-grandfather, they were just at their, at their, at their farm in, 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 uh, in Armenia and a 19-year-old prophet, 19 years old, God anointed, he went from house to house knocking on the door. They're coming to kill you. The Lord wants you to know they're coming to kill you. They're going to take you out of your house and slaughter you in front of your children and kill your children. Well, some of them heard that and got out of there. Amen. Thank God for prophecies that do not cease. That's what that was. That was a prophecy that did not cease. And we have millions of people today born again because somebody prophesied something that was of God and a whole society of people was saved. They've not ceased. Knowledge hasn't passed away. Amen? But when that which is perfect has come, well, it hadn't come yet. It abides in us. It empowers us. Amen? But now we hear all of that and we say, okay, 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 pastor. That's all well and good. Okay, I, I see it. It's in the Word. I'm so, but it's those tongues thing. Man, I, I just can't. And that's, I'm telling you, that's a major stumbling block for a lot of people is speaking in tongues. Because a lot of people have already settled in their mind, and I've heard them say this, well, if God wants me to have the Holy Ghost, he's just going to have to get a hold of my tongue. And do- he's not going to do that. We live in a dispensation in which the just must live by faith. You're saved by faith. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost by faith. Amen. Oh, everything we receive from God, we receive by faith. That's why without faith it is impossible to please him. Amen. Now, Think about it, because I've thought this out. I've prayed for thousands of people to receive. Lee and I have prayed for thousands. Alan and Pat have prayed. Some of you that have traveled the night, we've prayed for thousands of people. I've seen people in mass. Boom! I mean, just two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred. Boom! Everybody speaking. Never laid hands on them. That's the Holy Ghost falling. We were, we were in Honduras one time with Rocky and Yosuke Malloy. We were having a beautiful, Beautiful crusade, 2,500, 3,000 people. So we were trying to teach the pastors in the afternoon. And I got to the point where I realized, man, these guys need the Holy Ghost. So the afternoon we picked was a very tropical afternoon. And the tropical squalls were coming off the Caribbean. We were about three miles from the Caribbean. And they were coming from the Caribbean and just these just tropical downpours. Well, Rocky and I, we went out and we prayed. And we said, no, we're going to teach these pastors and we're going to get the Holy Ghost. And those storms would come. I'm telling you. It's the most amazing thing ever. And a, and a sheet of rain would come right about to the wet wall and stop and go right over our head. And right where that wall is, it'd start again. It'd rain on down the road. And 400 people with one hallelujah got filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. So with that in mind, I began to pray and I began to think about it. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was seven. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about it. Our pastors taught, I was just a kid, I was a child. What would I know about it? Amen. But then years later, when I got right with God and came back into the move of God, I began to think about and pray and meditate. Now, think about your own physical ability to speak. That's one of the realities we understand that makes us in the likeness and image of God. Listen, nobody in the animal kingdom has a language. There are ways that animals communicate to one another, but they're not words like we have. They're just sounds that are made. That's all they are. But we're given a language. Languages are creative. Languages are fluid. Languages are the ability to assimilate a thought and transmit it to somebody else to when you speak it to them, they have the same thought. Animals don't do that. Only we do that because we're made in the likeness and image of God. So that shows us that that our tongue many times is connected to our intellect, our mind. You have a thought, you assimilate it, you speak it out. The person you speak it to understands what you're saying. You could compliment somebody on the way they're dressed, a nice piece of jewelry. I mean, you could see them before the service, have a thought all service long. After the service, I'm going to go compliment them on their dress or on their new piece of jewelry, on this or that. See, you thought that out, thought that out, and then when you step up to communicate to that, all you do, and you do it unconsciously, without thinking. You engage your speaking facilities, faculties. Your breath comes up out of your lungs, comes across your vocal cords. And with your mind, you give, you frame those words, speak them out in the language that you know so the person you're speaking to understands that. Now, in our own natural lives, we have ample proof that our tongue has an ability to disconnect from our intellect. 
Now, a lot of people, you say that and they kind of look at it and you're like, well, how could that be? Well, have you ever said something you thought later, I wish I'd never said that? Maybe you said something out of your anger, something out of your pain. People always talk about, well, that's just the whiskey talking. Well, yeah, you're right. You done hooked your tongue to a whiskey bottle and cursed everyone you know. It's the truth. Amen. Hook it to some drug. Hook it to, and then I wish I'd have never said that. Yeah, that's proof that your tongue disconnected from your brain and you said something you shouldn't have said. But the glory of that is the tongue's ability to what? Disconnect. Amen. So the phenomenon of the baptism of the Holy Ghost begins here. Number one, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. Secondly, you've got to receive the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, I command you. He wasn't trying to just be some kind of authoritative person in your life. He was trying to get you the best of what he died to get you. He purchased that for you so you can have it. And he purchased it at great price. And people mock it and make fun of it and, and have belittled it all over the world. And it's the only thing on this planet that has ever, ever brought revival yeah. was men and women being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every revival on the planet has been connected to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for worship. Thank God for when people gather, schools, churches, everywhere, gather, worship God. But unless the Holy Ghost falls, all we got is a song. Yeah. All we have is a song. Inspiration, that's all we have. We got to have power. I said, we get to have power. So the God comes into your life. You get born again. You start reading the word. You start coming to church. Then you see there is a command by Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, to, the, to be baptized. And you've heard all this stuff about tongues. Oh, my God. Those are a bunch of tongue talkers around there. Oh, my God. Amen. What am I going to do now? I thought these people were cool. Now they want me to speak in tongues. No, we don't. God does. Yeah. Amen? So next thing you know, you get hungry. Because if you, it's kind of like being around a slippery creek bank. We used to go to East Texas on these little campouts. We were Royal Rangers, kind of like the Boy Scouts of the Assemblies. And we go like Peach Creek, some of these places up in there. And they had those old clay. They dug out those old clay ditches. And that clay, when it gets wet, it's like ice. And if you go step on one of those creek banks, what's going to happen? You're going to slide right in. Well, see, this is one of those creek banks here. And sometimes it rains in here. And if you're not careful, you're going to slip right in. So God disconnects it. He can disconnects it from your brain, from your anger, from everything else bad in your life, from the whiskey bottle, from the cocaine, from everything else, then he takes it and he hooks it where? To your human spirit. Who lives in your human spirit? He does by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost says, I believe you need to say this. And you go, I ain't saying that. I don't know what that means. And next thing you know, you go into doubt. Amen. But if you yield to that, then what God does is he comes, helps you by that same spirit, make that connection permanent. That's when you come down and you lift your hands or you're in a service where the spirit of God falls or wherever you're at, you're there and you lift your hands up or hands are laid upon you and next thing you know, you're speaking in another language which you've not learned and instead of being freaked out about it, or instead of allowing your mind to challenge it, the thing to do is just to let the river sweep you away and totally yield to it. Amen? And that's, listen, that's the essence of a brand new lifestyle that God will give you. Now, let me tell you something. Everything that Lee and I have achieved in ministry, we've achieved by faith. We would have never got there if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. You say, what do you mean? God gives you the faith, but then he gives you the Holy Ghost to give you the direction. And we're going to get into all of the different attributes that the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues gives you from praying to praying corporately to the Holy Ghost being so active in your life that he can guide you with his eye, the Bible says. That's a parental term. 
like a parent can look at a child. Don't go that way, go this way. Don't go that way, go this way. Amen? We've trained a, a, a new Labrador retriever this year. We lost, Cookie went to our mansion last year, so. So we, uh, we got Biscuit. And so I was renewing my, my information and training that I've got on training dogs. and was a couple of books I was reading that I've read over and over for years. And I came back to a, to a particular portion of a book that I've read that said this. You must establish eye contact with this dog because you can speak more to that dog with your eyes than you can with your mouth. And I begin to practice that with her because if I can get her attention to me, I can literally look at her. Literally look at her and she'll know. Okay, he's fixing to tell me something to do. And she'll just stop. You've seen her do it. It's amazing how that operates. Well, see, God wants you trained, not like a Labrador. He wants you trained like a child. That when he's walking you through life, he can see something coming and just look back. Say, no, we're going this way. And you're going to go right with him. And then you get here and you say, now we need to turn back this way for a little bit. And you'll go right with him. We go this way. No, no, don't do that. Don't get involved in that. Now just see how he does it. See, that's the path of righteousness for his namesake. And the spirit of God. And you, what, you, what are you doing? What's your part? Oh, Rabbi. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. And see, that makes you sensitive. Now, you're blessed because we're blessed to have been around people who really got into this and discovered it correctly. In some teaching that Mom Goodwin was giving Lee and I, she said this, the Holy Ghost empowers you to know your human spirit. Because if you do not know your human spirit, you will never be sure of what God's talking to you about. You know your soul, how you feel. Amen? Your, your, how you think, your emotions, you know that. You know your flesh. I mean, we all know our flesh. But many times it's the real you on the inside that is unfamiliar with the rest of you. So praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit, makes you very familiar with your human spirit. You say, now what purpose is that? That's the communication center. God doesn't speak here. God speaks here. But what he speaks here to your human... Now listen to me. This, you need to hear this. God does not speak here. No. Everybody say no. no. He speaks here. What's here? Human spirit. But your human spirit can speak here. Did you get that? Let me do that again. You need to hear that. That's important teaching that a lot of people don't teach. Amen? God speaks to your human spirit. Your human spirit speaks to your mind. That's why when I get a thought, that's how I know it's of God. Because I know where it came from. See, you're so used to all these thoughts coming like this. You need another direction. You need some thoughts going like this. You say, how does that happen? Spirit of God. How many have ever had that phenomenon happen to you? Hey, that's enough witnesses right there, amen? So don't be afraid. I've Wow, this week, March the 7th was this week. 39 years I've been serving God. I'm into my 40th year now. So I got right with God on a Wednesday in my parents' home right over here on Belush in Harville Feet. But Sunday they were going to their church. They attended the Assembly of God Church. At that time was over on uh, 45th Street. So I went with them. I got up and got dressed and went with them. So they sang songs and, and uh, everybody was looking at me. Amen. And the pastor got up and said, we've got a miracle. Everybody was looking at me. Then he got up and preached. I really don't remember what he preached. I mean, I, but he gave an altar call and I was the first one up there. I got out of my seat. Right? I told myself on Wednesday, I'm going to go to church and show everybody that this is real. And so I went up there and I, I remember he came down from the platform and took about two steps and I just lifted my hands and boom, the Holy Ghost hit me. I mean, hit me and refilled me with the Spirit and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost ever since. Amen. You must stay filled. Now, I'll give you this and then we'll close. Time's up. I'm eight minutes over. If you can discipline yourself 
to get to the place in your life where you can pray one hour in the Holy Ghost a day. It will radically change your life. Listen to this. We never put the importance of the Word over the moving, over the, we never put the importance of the Word under the moving of the Spirit. Did you get that? We always keep the Word up here. The Spirit of God into submission to it. Amen. It's by the Word. You say, why? Jesus, John chapter 7. Amen. He's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost being like a river. In John chapter 3, he talks about salvation being like a well. So we have these sources in our life of what? A moving river and a deep well. How deep is the well of salvation? As deep as you need it to be. The Bible says with joy, draw from the wells of salvation. Amen? But when it comes to spiritual things, I'm going to tell you, church, the more you want, the more you get. And if you can develop a hunger for spiritual things, I guarantee you God will answer your prayer. And next thing you know, we were, we're Lee and I stay blown away. This week I sold a, a, a machine I used to hunt with, a four-wheeler. You wouldn't think anything of it, except for this. I never do anything without prayer, lots of prayer. And so I'm selling this, this, this four-wheeler, and I'm thinking, hmm. So somebody mentions to me somebody that needs one, and they had mentioned to that person, and these are people I know in another town, and they never did respond or call. But they, they, he's a young man, so he did his own search and found me and called me up and said, you know, and I said, who is this? And he told me his name, and I said, who do you guide for? And he told me who he guides for. Well, he guides for a business I helped start. So I'm thinking, hmm, okay. So come to find out, he's a young man, single mom, and they've just gotten right with God and started going to church. And who shows up over in Mount Bellevue yesterday to sell them a four-wheeler but pastors Rusty and Leah Martin. I was just blown away. I just sat there with my mouth. Leah stayed in the truck. I went into the deal to sign a couple of papers. It was his first loan. You know, I gave him a big break. I would have gave it to him if the Lord would have let, Lord and Leah would have let me. <laughs> I mean, what's money? Come on. But uh, uh, I mean, it just, just, and so when I left, I thought, man, you know, I just need, I just, I just, you ever talk to somebody and thought, I didn't finish that. So you send one of these long texts about like that. I wanted to know if this guy was serious about God. And so I just shared a little of my story, a little bit of encouragement, and he sent me back a beautiful text about how he, I've made the decision to serve the Lord. And what he needed to continue down that path was some little good bump up the road, not down the road, some little something that showed him, yeah, I'm, I'm watching after you. Yeah, I've got you. I've got you. I'm doing something for you here. It's not going to cost you as much as you thought. Some cool people have given it to you, spoken to your life, spoke where I see God's telling him that today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, how can you beat that? How can you beat that? How can you beat that? That's why it's so exciting just to serve God by the Spirit and to go out and do the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, how many are ready to get just filled with the Holy Ghost right now? Well, you'll have to do it next week. You say, why? Your tongues ain't out long enough yet. You say, what do you mean by it? That's what Brother Osteen used to tell. He says, I like to teach on the Holy Ghost to everybody's like this. He says, when everybody's like this, then all I do is just pray one prayer and they all get it. And it, it ain't near that much hassle, you know. He was a character. I miss him very much. I miss them all. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, prepare our hearts for an outpouring. <laughs> Lord, you reminded us in the last days you would pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and if we've ever needed you, Holy Spirit, we need you now. Father, we know 
The exclamation point of every revival is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Father, we've done our very best here at Island Church for 21 years without a sovereign revival, a move of God. We've maintained our doctrine and our practice of yielding to the Spirit of God. And all we can say is we trust that where we are right now in life is where you've led us, Holy Spirit. So Father, today, not by the Spirit, but by the Word. Let a hunger begin this morning, not in those that don't know, not in those that haven't received, in all of us, for a greater depth of your Spirit in our lives, for a greater yieldingness of your Spirit. And Father, that we would understand and learn to operate in the spiritual forces you've placed in our life but we know the potential of them are off the charts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you're a person that's filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost every day. And if you'll come to prayer here at Island Church, we'll help you with that because you can be in an atmosphere of your church people praying in the Spirit with you. Now, let me just say this. I'm telling this as your pastor. If you've not been doing this, you know to do it. You need to revive it in your life. Amen? I'm not going to tell you everything I know in my spirit. It's not necessary for me to tell it to you right now. But let me tell you something, church. Like the Spirit of God told us in a, in a, in a tongue and interpretation, the curtain is being pulled. Yes. It's being pulled. They're, they're closing this thing down, church. Not 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 God. It, the old, its own system, the satanic system that rules this world, is beginning to close the curtains on this thing. And you, listen, they can talk all about domestic terrorism, they can talk about uh, international terrorism. You are the greatest threat. Now, listen to me. Don't get alarmed, don't get freaked out. You are the greatest threat to what the governments of the world, the structure of the world, and the devil himself wants to do on this. You, you, not some missile on some ship, not some new technology, you with the power of the Holy Ghost in you, active, you're the greatest threat to everything that is going on in the earth right now. Let me say this and I'll close. Spirit of God keeps speaking these things to me. I gotta say them. They're not gonna fix it. Don't get caught up in it, church. Well, we're going to get Trump. We're going to get DeSantis. We're going to run. Uh, forget it. It's done. It's cooked. It's done. They've passed the point of no return. But I love America. So do I. Honey, if you've been overseas as many times as I have, I'll tell you, I come back here and I thank God I live in this nation. But you've got to understand there are things beyond, number one, our realm to comprehend why and how it's happening. Secondly, we have to understand the day and hour in which we live. You must. Remember, I told you this back when COVID started. I'm going to start preaching some warning messages to you. I warn you, do not live your life without disciplining yourself to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I can't pray. Pray five minutes. Then pray 10. Then pray 15. Then pray. Do it. Build it. I did it till I was doing it two hours a day, every day. It's easy when you're a Bible school student. I don't do it that much anymore. I pray in the Holy Ghost at least an hour a day. But I also pray a lot of other stuff. So my prayer life consists of a lot of time. I've begun praying in the mornings now. I'm praying in the mornings now over all of the things that I know that are going on in people's lives. I'll lay in bed sometimes for 30 minutes praying. Then I'm starting to do it before I go to bed at night. I mean, it's just like I'm getting just overwhelmed with prayer, this desire to pray, this, this desire. This, I can't wait to get here and pray. I love to preach. I've been preaching 40 years. But it seems like the prayers were that stirring you, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying these things out. Then visitors come in and pray in that prayer room and they go, oh my God, you guys are touching things in the world from this little bitty church here in Galveston. Oh my God, how are you doing that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Your personal life, the life of your family, the life of your church are dependent. Upon you praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
It's a powerful tool that God has given us. Amen? Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's all well and good. I don't even know if I'm saved. Or you were to say, Pastor, I, I've been saved before in the Spirit of God. I know it abides on the inside, but, but I'm not living right. I'm not, I'm not doing right. But you came to church this morning. That was right. That was right. You sat in the service. That was right. That was right. You listened to the message. That was right. So you are doing some things right. Now you just need to get right with God. So if you're here today, say, that's me, Pastor. I need to be right with God. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Anyone at all? Let me look around. One hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Another hand. There was another hand. God bless you. Another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? We're just going to pray a simple prayer. We're not going to ask you to come up. I see your hand. God bless you, sir. We're all going to pray it together. All of us will pray it together. Nobody has to come up front. We all get to just confess Jesus together. I think five people have raised their hand. Anyone else? Real quick. Another. God bless you. Six. Anyone else? Quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that good, church? Now, here's what we do. Everybody stand. Would you all stand? Praise God. Everyone stand. Everyone stand. Everyone stand. Now, I want all the people that, that, uh, uh, that raise their hands, I want us to give them a hand clap. Give them a big hand clap. Come on, give them a big hand clap. We thank, we thank you for responding to the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, we're going to pray a prayer out loud, and I want all of you that lifted your hands, pray that prayer out loud. Now listen, so your own ears hear it. Amen? And after I say amen, I want these two thoughts to be in your mind. First thought is this. I'm right with God. Hallelujah! That's a source of great joy. Number two, I'm going to stay right with God. Y'all ready to pray? Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, I openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. You came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on a cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I declare that my faith is in the blood of Jesus where I've made mistakes, where I've sinned, where I've missed the mark. I ask your forgiveness, thanking you right now. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Spirit of God, I'm so thankful that you live in me forever. Your life is my life. My life is your life. Thank you, Father. Spirit of God, I desire a hunger. I desire a hunger for spiritual things, for the Word, for the Spirit. I will not be deceived. I will discipline myself in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Don't forget now we have an ushers meeting after the service. Listen, some of you ladies too, if you would like to usher, you're more than welcome. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's for all the current ushers and those that would like to be ushers. Anything else we're doing this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we leave blessed. Thanking you for what you're saying and what you're doing in our midst. Lord, as we leave today, thank you for our protection and safety. We never take it for granted that you bless our going out, you bless our coming in. You said from this time and forevermore. So Father, we thank you on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we are protected and blessed. In the righteous labor of our hands, we've got students and teachers, we've got contractors, we've got those that work in retail, we've got our real estate agents, all these different people. Father, bless them. Let blessings come upon them, Father. Yes, Lord, I'll pray that. Lord, and where revenue streams dry up, provide new ones. I see some revenue streams drying up for some people. Don't be alarmed. God's got a greater river for you. He's got a greater flow for you. Don't be alarmed. Don't Just look forward. Don't look back. Don't think you've lost. God's got a greater revenue stream for you. Hallelujah. 
So thank you for blessing all of our endeavors in righteousness. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in love and faith toward you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.